12 to 1 every weekday during Rugby World Cup 2023. This is the Rugby World Cup Headline Hour on Afternoons with Staffy. So a couple of All Blacks fronted up to the media, uh, Cody Taylor and Tamaiti Williams. I would have loved to bring you some of Tamaiti Williams, but the big boy whispers. You could hardly hear him, <laughs> but he's very excited. Um, a couple of takeouts that from him, uh, one of the reporters said he looked like he'd lost quite a bit of weight and he'd fined down. And he said it's just through the hard, hard training. And Cody Taylor mentioned that Tamaiti Williams was really putting in, in there off week where they went to Bordeaux they had some very physical sometimes niggly trainings and Tamaiti Williams was to the forefront and with Ethan De Groot not available at the moment um, he'll play a role whether he'll start or come off the bench I guess we'll have to wait and see when that team's named which will probably be tomorrow night overnight maybe um, won't be far away um, <clears throat> but Cody Taylor First question he was asked, did he see, does he see Italy as a real threat this week? Uh, I think everyone's a threat in this World Cup. And uh, given that it's a must win, definitely a massive threat. Um, and saying that, we're uh, putting in a lot of work and, um, you know, we still want to win, obviously. And um, confident in the work that we've put in. Uh, I think since Kieran's been involved with Italy, then, yeah, they're the the best Italian side I've ever seen. And um, I think that's a byproduct of yeah, the coaching and also um, the players that have come through Italy of late. Um, and then just how competitive the Six Nations has, got, has been over the last few years. It always has been. But um, in terms of Northern and Southern Hemisphere rugby, it's a, it's a real high standard. And um, Italy has... Uh, benefited from that and uh, they should be confident in their ability because they're a great team and we're we're definitely not taking them lightly because we know what they can do. We've seen it in clips uh, in previous games so it's going to be an exciting challenge. Next up, um, he was asked about the Italian side what he feels their main weapons are. Well, it starts up front first. We know that, um, like we said, they pride themselves on set piece. They win the ball and they want to play fast, um, and when they can, they want to try and beat you um, with speed and skill. Uh, sort of another thing that Italy's really picked up is their skill sets. Um, so with that, yeah, they've got a really fast ruck. I think it's the fastest in Tier 1 um, uh, test team. So, uh, you know, we don't slow that down. It'll be a tough day, and that's just the reality of it. Like. We've got to match them physically, if not better them, and then, um, yeah, slow their ball down. Interesting, almost exactly the same answer that we played out to you yesterday from Scott McLeod when he talked about their speed of um, their ruck speed and clearing the ball. So they've obviously got it through to all of the players as well. That is a big focus. Um, also, Cody Taylor, uh, it's been reported there's been a lot of, uh, inverted commas, competitive niggle at trainings. He was asked who are the main protagonists of that. Yeah, it's always the same old faces, but um, it's usually a good sign. I think, uh, yeah, there's, there's good niggle and then over-the-top niggle, and I think we've had a bit of both at times, but... Um, Oh, my next to me got stuck into a little bit of it himself. So uh, I suppose that's a good sign. You know, you've got a young um, first-year All Black that's willing to put his hand up and get stuck in and he's not afraid of it. Um, 
that's a good sign in itself, I think. And then they left the stage and in walked Jason Ryan. He was straight away asked, uh, how is Tamaiti Williams shaping up? He's been training incredibly well. Uh, he's ready. He's been putting the work in um, off the grass as well as on it. He's um, you know, been learning a lot from the experienced props, I guess. And um, yeah, with Gruder obviously being out, it's no secret he's going to get a crack, isn't it? Just what the mix will be. But um, yeah, looking forward to him putting into place what, he, what he's been working hard at at training, really. Jason Rowan also put to him that there's been a few injuries and niggles amongst the All Black team. He was asked how they're all coming along. Look, they, um, you know, they've been playing good rugby up until their injuries, you know, like all of them in their own little uh, unique way. So it'd be great to have a full contingent if we get through tomorrow um, well at training and they'll all become uh, available, yeah. So that's a good sign that everyone's going to be available. So I'm imagining that includes Sam Kane. Um, but again, we just have to wait till the team is named. A really good question was put to him about how he feels Super Rugby is now as a preparer for his players for international rugby. Yep, yeah, good question. I think um, it's it's um, it was always enjoyable playing the box in, in Super Rugby in my experience because they're, they're big four pack and, and that sort of thing. So you don't probably have that sort of uh, demand in, in the Super Rugby competition as much as you used to, but um, I think what's important, you've got to run scenarios at trainings and you've got to make sure that you're setting guys up to succeed through different situations that you can create um, through different ways of loading the scrum, uh, engaging and that sort of thing. So it's it's probably not what it used to be, to be fair, but, um, you know, we, we, we've got no excuses for that side of thing. We, we've got to get ourselves right at, at trainings and get that right. We probably learned that in the test at Twickenham. Jason, I don't know if that answers your question or not. <laughs> I think I got the feeling he'd rather we're playing South Africans in Super Rugby or Super Rugby's not quite the complete package to rep- uh, prepare the All Blacks, uh, reading between the lines. And as Ford coach, uh, he was asked what he wanted to see from his Fords this week and if there were any specific targets. Yeah, well, we've got to step up, to be honest. We've got to uh, move forward. I talked at the camp that was really important for us as an All Black team to change gears. And I think as a Ford pack, um, we're in the we're in a great spot to do that and we'll have no excuses around that. And I think that it's... Uh, it's um, well. It has to be a bit of a market game for us as a pack, and I know the boys are in a great spot and they've prepared well. And um, looking forward to executing what we've been working so hard at with training. You know, the Bordeaux camp, as I mentioned last week, it was some good physical exchanges and blew the whistle a couple more times than I used to uh, usually do. But it's a good sign. It's all and uh, it's all to you know and put in the right place. And the last question we're going to play out to you is when he was asked about, uh, it'll be a few days between matches at the World Cup, 13, I think. He was asked if he felt the team were ready. Yeah, we are. Look, as I said, we've been competing really well at training. The boys have been um, getting right amongst um, the physical exchanges where we've needed to and run some good scenarios. So just ready to play a bit of footy now and had a week to sort of freshen up. It wasn't so much a break where we stopped. We, We kept working and had the balance right of the downtime, I feel we've done that really well and looking forward to, you know, a good hit out tomorrow at training. It's our, it's our most physical day usually 
and then uh, captains run and we're into it. So oh, the boys are ready and um, we've got no excuses. We can't wait. So today is the most physical day of training before a test match and then, as he says, a captain's run and then build into a very important game for Italy. Interesting what they're going to do around some of the positions, isn't it, with um, you know our locks. It was put to him, you had three good locks, and he said, we've got four good locks. Of course, white lock, Ritalik. Uh, Scott Barrett and Tupavai. Um, and I see just come out a story from Mills Mulioina saying, suggesting that maybe the right thing to do is leave Sam Whitelock out of the 23. He's about to become the highest test, uh, highest test cap player for the All Blacks. Um, would they be brave enough to leave him out? And I think if you lose all the romantic notion about what a wonderful All Black he's been, Scott Barrett's been the best lock from New Zealand this year. Um, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, and I agree with Mills, it's too late to chuck him to six now unless you were playing someone like England who's not going to test you uh, for mobility. Um, Ireland will test you for mobility. But do you have to also, with Sam Kane, if he starts, do you have to bolster like having two players that can play back row, like a Papali'i slash Va'i to cover lock? Uh, loose forward in case Sam's not quite right because I almost feel like they will take risks if there's some 50-50 players amongst our top players against Italy because they absolutely have to win. Really keen on your thoughts on what you think the lineup might be against Italy. Everything that's coming out of the camp is they are treating this game very seriously and so they should. So I would imagine that the team in this game is going to be pretty much the same as the team for the quarterfinal, providing we get there, of course. We'll see a big change for their last game, which is Uruguay. But this will be, um, in the selectors' minds, their top all-black team. Must win. Must win. 0800 150 811 is the number to call. Love to hear from you. Uh, We'll take a break. Uh, Your calls after that. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. to one every weekday during Rugby World Cup 2023. This is the Rugby World Cup Headline Hour on Afternoons with Staffy. Chris, good text in response saying, Staffy, if you're getting rid of a lock, you're ditching Retallick, not White Lock. Firstly, he's more of an impact player off the bench than Sam. But also Sam was all over him in Super Rugby Final and has two World Cup winners medals. He plays. He would be my all-black captain also. Cheers from Chris. One of the presses I was listening to, they were saying Sam Whitelock runs the line-out defence and Brodie Retallick runs the line-out attack. Um, Whether that's just trainings or on-field, it's probably on-field as well. And line-out defence... I think the greatest exponent of it of all time is Victor Matfield. It was just incredible how in the space of the first 10 minutes he had all the line-out calls seemed to decode it all. And I've spoken to players that have played against Victor Matfield and um, the line-out call would come and he'd say to the lock next to him, oh, that's going back, that's going to number six. And they're like, oh, change the call. And they changed the call, now it's going to the front. So he could decipher all of their calls. And Sam Whitelock, one thing that all of that experience does to you is just 
ups your line-out IQ and it's such an attacking or a deflating weapon. A defensive line-out steal is a deflating weapon with so much kicking nowadays, more line-outs, using it as an attacking platform. If you've got a very a, a, a defensive wizard in a line-out, Sam Whitelock, maybe they can't leave him out. Um, and it is a, it's, it's a blessing of a problem to have, to have so many good locks. Uh, but very much looking forward to seeing which team gets named. Um, a different Chris staff. I've seen a stat. This is the first World Cup where New Zealand, Australia and South Africa have all lost the game in pool play. The rugby's heading up north. It's a good stat. That is a good stat. Um, something a little bit different. Of course, the Ryder Cup is on this weekend. Um, Beaver's going to the Ryder Cup. Lucky sod. Uh, but before the South Africa Island game, um, Big Jim Maxwell, who we've played a bit of his podcast, a bit of a character, he spied Rory McIlroy and Shane Lowry in the crowd in their Irish jerseys. And so he waved them down the sideline and they went and joined him. So uh, we're going to hear from uh, Rory and Shane Lowry. First of all, Rory McIlroy was asked about the importance of Irish fans to Irish athletes. It's amazing. I think you know Shane would say the same thing. No matter where we play in the world, the, the support we get from the Irish fans, um, whether it be in America or Europe or Asia or wherever it is, it's it's incredible. They they travel to see their their sports stars, and uh, obviously Paris is no different tonight. And and obviously this whole tournament in France, it's you know we've been watching from afar, but to actually be here. Uh, and see the support that this team has. It's it's amazing, and you know, hopefully that support can hopefully carry them all the way in this tournament. Shane Lowry, next up, um, major title winner himself. Uh, he was asked what it would mean to the Irish people to win this World Cup. And, and look, that's going to be the way over the next few weeks as far as the team go. And I think, look, I think this team has a chance to do something that, you know, will be remembered forever. Like, Ireland might never have the chance like this to win a World Cup again. I think this team has that chance and it's very exciting for the whole country um, you know I was back there for a few days last week and just being here today in Paris just seeing how many Irish people are here and like Rory says we come out in our numbers we're a great com- great country to jump on a bandwagon and uh, you know it's going to be an amazing few weeks and hopefully it can be uh, you know a successful one yeah and of course Rory McIlroy's been towards the top of his sport for a long long time and overcome what must be a lot of uh not mental demons, but mental challenges to to win. I think he's had four major wins now, Rory. So it was noted to him that Ireland quite often trip up. Well, they do trip up at World Cups before, never having progressed past the quarterfinals. So he was asked if he got to speak to the Irish team, what would his message be to them? Yeah, so I think... Um I think it's a mental barrier more than a physical one, right? I think they have they have all the tools at their disposal, but um, the quarterfinal of the, the World Cup's been their Achilles heel, and um, you know, we all expect him to obviously get there, and this match tonight is going to decide basically whether they play New Zealand or they play France. And um, you know, they had a tough time in Tokyo four years ago when they played New Zealand in that quarter, and um, but they've come a long way since then, and they've been able, they've been able to overcome both France and New Zealand since then, whether it be in the Six Nations or are playing New Zealand in te- test matches. So um, I think they've finally been able to get over that mental barrier. So um, I don't think there's anything standing in their way to, to, to as Shane said, doing something that they've never done before. 
And they asked Rory the same question they asked Shane uh, Lowry. Rory, how big would winning the World Cup be for the people of Ireland? Um, I think the last thing that's happened in Ireland that would be as big as Ireland winning the World Cup was this man winning the Open Championship at Port Rush in 2019. Um, I don't think there would be anything like it uh, in the history of, of Ireland in, in the country. And uh, like we're, we're counting our chickens before they hatch a little bit. But if, if they were to get there, um, it would be a mon- monumental achievement. And as Shane said, something that, you know, chances like this don't come around very often. They have to try to make the most of it. I remember last year when Ireland were touring here and Rory won a tournament in the Northern Hemisphere and a Juno asked them, would he be watching um, Ireland against the All Blacks? He spoke for about three minutes. He knows the game of rugby. And they did a thing on the European tour um, a while ago, a bit like the Run Home's Teamless Tuesday. And they said, pick a um, 15 golfers that would make a good rugby team. And Shane Lowry was given uh, the number one jersey as a prop, um, which he laughed at when he looked at the size of the props that were warming up right next to him. And Rory McIlroy was selected as halfback. He's actually not a very big chap. When I saw him standing next to Shane Lowry, well, mind you, big Jim, he is, he is big Jim. So Ireland, I'd, I'd be interested, oh, do I say this? I'd be interested if we did play Ireland in the quarterfinal and Ireland beat us, would Ireland become New Zealand's favourite team to win the World Cup? Would that be our favoured? Would, would that be our second favourite team? I think for me, it potentially would. I'd quite like to see France. I'd quite like to see France win at home as well with the adversity they've got with Dupont. Um, South Africa, don't know. Definitely not England. Yes, I'd be, who's your second favourite? If if we can't get past the quarterfinal, who's the second favourite team? Everyone's got a second favourite team. Um, they also said they played a bit of golf with um, Francois Mostart and uh, Faf de Klerk, apparently both very, very good golfers. There you go. Phil. Phil. G'day, Phil. Not sure I agree about the blessed with so many good locks. I think this was the weakest part of the All Blacks currently and where we will not be able to compete in the tight forwards with teams like Ireland, South Africa and France. Full of admiration for White Lock and Retallick, but in general, our locks play too loose. I'm going to controversially say too, Phil, I I agree with you to a degree that I think their best years are behind them and that's not saying they shouldn't be there, but give me Brodie Retallick and Sam Wylock of four years ago um, you know, father time waits for no one, as they say. And I think that's why Scott Barrett, in my view, you you guys don't have to agree with me, I think in, in my view, Scott Barrett's our best lock now. And whenever he's not named to start and he's on the bench, I'm like, it's our best lock. Um, sentiment has no place at World Cups for me. And if, if they're being selected on sentiment, I think that's wrong. But um, I think we do have our best locks there. Yeah, we've got our best locks there. Um, and to your point, Phil, post-World Cup, there's going to be a big hole at lock, isn't there? A big hole. Um, anyway, you're welcome to give us a call on 0800-150-811 or text us on the Temper Bedpost text machine. And don't forget, too, um, in association with PGG Rights and Turf, um, you can build lasting memories. You can rebuild your field of dreams. 
with us here at SENZ and PGG Rights and Turf, you head to the win page on the SENZ website and enter there. Do yourself a favour. that You get these opportunities not very often, so your whole community sports field can get a big, big makeover, thanks to the good folk at PGG Rights and Turf. Right, we shall take new sport and weather. We'll come back. I just see Mikey's calling. You will answer that. We'll bring Mikey back. And anyone else that wants to join in, 0800 150 811. Twelve to one every weekday during Rugby World Cup 2023. This is the Rugby World Cup Headline Hour on Afternoons with Staffy. Let's go to the phones down across you. Should we go? Oh, the home of Sam Whitelock. That's why he's calling, isn't it, Mikey? <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, I'm working in the freezing cold rain, and I thought I need to take a break. Good Sit man. In the car and give you a call. Yes, oh, it's horrible here. Um, but you're talking about your second team, and also on 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 the, the white lot thing. But second team for me is is 100 percent Ireland. Mm. Um, my my family name goes way back to there, um, and my very best friend when I was touring over there came friends with a Dubliner. Um, in fact, on uh, Richie McCall's first game, I won. We had a bet on we bet each other's jerseys at Lansdowne Road when we were there. <laughs> Richie's first game, and I got the jersey, so I wear that with pride every time I was a playing. I watched them in the Six Nations. I think they're an absolutely amazing team. Probably why I keep going on the radio saying that, you know, people underestimate them and look what they did to us um, uh, last year. Mm. Um, but I'm gutted we're playing each other. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather it be a final or something because if anything, like I mean, I'm going to be gutted if we lose um, obviously, all black fan first. Um, but then I'll then I'll be I'll console myself like go Ireland, but if Ireland lose, my, like my mate overseas, I mean all of Ireland really, they really see this as, as their chance. And if they <laughs> if we manage to beat them and they still don't get past the quarterfinal phase with that team, unbelievable it would be to be honest, wouldn't it? Mm. Oh, it'd be, it'd be incredible. And we were talking in the office this morning. This is a generational team of Ireland. I know it's been building, but you're not going to have Johnny Sexton. You're not going to have Bundy Aki, James. I oh, know all the Kiwis. They won't be there in the next four-year cycle. This is their time. But like no. I think, it, I, but like I think, 2024 is the Warriors' end of a really cool cycle. This is this is Ireland's time. Well, you, you look at their ages, um, and the most part, they're past 30. It's a lot of experience, a lot of caps. Um, so, yeah, you're quite right after this that they'll have to rebuild again. Um, in terms of our team playing Italy, man, if this is not our top team, I'm going to be just ripping my cap up with frustration. Mm. Um, I think all three locks have to play, and whatever scenario they put them in, whoever comes on, for example, to replace one of them, um, I don't care as long as they play them um, because... The time for faffing around's over. Uh, Uruguay can be a rest game, so White Lock needs to play this game, as does all the um, other two locks, uh, the two really good locks. Um, and for my mind, if they want to rest them, that's Uruguay. This is where they've got to put a marker out because uh, if, we need to see something, don't we? We need mm. to see. Something. I need. I need confidence, Staffy. Absolutely. I need confidence. And that's what J- Jason Ryan said in the clips we played. Like he's put the challenge to them that now's the time. The foot goes down, and it's not a gradual. It's foot flat to the floor, and absolutely make a statement. I mean, I can't remember a World Cup being going this long when New Zealand hasn't made a statement. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, that's right. And, and here's the other thing, right? So we saw that island in South Africa came and that kind of put the bejesus up me, but at the same time, amazing. That's the standard. I mean, we need to put in performance. I, I, we're going to beat Italy, but we need to put in a performance that'll make Ireland think twice. In fact, make the entire World Cup sit up and take notice and go, okay, the All Blacks are also here to play. Mm. No point playing possum now. You know, yeah, because I do feel like the media and the public <laughs> are all talking about Ireland, South Africa, and France, and we're not getting talked about, and that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. But the other teams, well, don't feel threatened by us like they used to. Is that a good thing, though? Maybe. No. <laughs> <laughs> I want the world frightened of us again. Bring mm. those days back, please. Anyway. Yeah. Um, it's all good. Have a good, great, great show, there, Steffi. Thanks, mate. Cheers, but there's Mikey down in Christchurch. Um, from GD, Ireland would be the most deserving, but how But how good would it be to see Wales, Fiji, Argentina win? As much as I want to keep supremacy in the Southern Hemisphere, we don't want South Africa to have four wins either. Fans have been cocky enough already. <laughs> Imagine if Wales, Fiji or Argentina won the World Cup. I don't mind that. Imagine if Wales won the World Cup. Sue Warren Gatland uh, from Darren. Staffy, how's it? It's good, Darren. Um, we have to start Scott Barrett. I'd pick Whitelock to partner him. Guzzler, Ret- Guzzler or Retallick. Guzzler? Oh, Guzzler, Retallick off the bench. Retallick hasn't been the same since he got injured against South Africa a few seasons ago. Also wasn't as good after a sabbatical in Japan. What about Paddy Tuipolotu for next season? Yeah, he could... Is he still going to be around, actually? Or is he going somewhere? He did a stint in Japan, didn't he? Yes, he did. Um, yeah, Brody Retallick's just got such an amazing ticker, like a huge ticker. So I still want him in my. I still want him starting because he's one of those players that just refuses to lose and he just grinds. It's, it's such a difficult situation, real difficult situation. Right, double eight double three is the text line. 0800-150-811 is the phone line. Do give us a call. The lines are open. Our NBL uh, report was supposed to be now, but he can't get to the phone, our man over in Australia. So open slather. Give me your thoughts, your sights, your sounds of the Rugby World Cup so far. Have you... Who have you enjoyed? I've really enjoyed Fiji. I've been disappointed in Tonga. They'll be very disappointed on the news via Fita's being banned for four weeks. Um, but if you have a look at the replay of the incident, might have been lucky to only get four, the former All Black. So give me your highlights and lowlights. Like for me, the highlights, or the, the ones that are going to get big pass marks from me, are Wales and Fiji. Um, I think they've been brilliant. Ireland once again, although not surprising. And I guess the disappointing one, the massive disappointing one, would have to be Australia. Um, so I'm really keen to hear your thoughts on it. Which games you're looking forward to this weekend? Don't forget we got live commentary. Daniel McCarty, Christian Cullen, 8 o'clock Saturday morning with a... Maybe we're hyping it up too much. And two hours after kickoff, we might sit back and say, what were we worried about? What were we worried about? But a few days out, I wouldn't say we should be worried. I just think we should be attentive and um, require some urgency. Put down the marker. Announce yourselves belatedly to this World Cup that we're a team to be feared. That's my feeling. 0800-150-811. Love to hear from you. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ.
Uh, some texts that have come in. Um, I think Scott Barrett and Josh Lord will go pretty good together next year. I do too. I think Josh Lord's going to be a fantastic player. And we do see with Locks, probably Brody Retallick aside, um, probably don't reach their peak to late 20s. So good future for Josh Lord coming as well. Um, interested to see how Putty Putty Parkinson develops as well. We've got a few uh, Manaki Selby Rickett as well. Uh, I think we need to play Frizzell at six. This is from Greeny. We need to play Frizzell at six and Blackadder at seven to get them back into form and prep for bigger teams to come. I agree. Uh, and I do think Todd Blackadder, Todd Blackadder, Ethan Blackadder um, would have been in the World Cup squad, but he had that long-term injury. Um, they would have been hoping, fingers crossed, that he got through those early games for Tasman, which he did. Um, first man back on the plane once Imoni Narawa was ruled out so I think he's a wonderful addition and yeah I'm with you I'd, if Sam Kane's not right for me blackout of seven 100% hey boys if Captain Kane is still out this is from Costa if Captain Kane's still out I think I would rather see blackout of start instead of Dalton Papali feels like a punt worth taking question marks more upside in his game than Dalton's I agree Costa and I'm not bagging Dalton Papali, but I just think Ethan Blackadder offers us just a little bit of something we need. Imagine Blackadder and Frizzell at six and seven. I just go back to that Frizzell performance, the first 20 minutes, that go media mount smart against the Springboks, how he lifted that whole team. He's been out a while though, Frizzell. Be a big... Big expectation from be able to do that again. Uh, Darren says, yeah, but we haven't seen him take control of a game. Remember Super Rugby final last year, Whitelock won that game against the Blues. He was fantastic, with a Dickie Achilles as well. Uh, from Chris, I feel like Italy are going to target the French game and France will be without Dupont, I'm guessing. So the pressure will be on them. <sighs> Interesting stuff, Sammy. Interesting stuff. You got your hand up. You got your hand up. Yeah, I wanted to ask you a question, Steph, being a, uh, I wouldn't say novice, but being less versed in the world of rugby union than I am in rugby league. So, you know how 2015 and under Steve Hansen we were doing the whole dual playmaker mm. thing with the two 10s at 10 and 15? And it feels like now that we don't that doesn't work. Is that fair to say? Yeah. So, what are, the, what, are, what are Ireland and South Africa doing that we could almost just copy and paste from that point of view? What are they doing with their, what's their innovation or what's their key that for us was that dual playmaker eight years ago? I think with, um, someone touched on it yesterday that with Ireland, on their attack, it's options, like abundance of options. So they'll have, when you if you freeze the picture and Ireland have a ruck or more, you freeze the picture and you look and if you were a defender against Ireland, you look at how they're set, you've got no idea what they're going to do, mm. and then they just all spring into motion. And it might be the halfback, the options are the halfback can dummy and go, the halfback can give to Johnny Sexton who can turn it inside, chip kick, double, uh, a skip pass, um, cross field kick, run blind, cross kick blind, and that's the island. So when you're playing Ireland, you just don't know which of all of those options you're going to take. When you watch New Zealand, who set up our pods of three and hit a ruck, reset, come the other way, there's a pod of three. The innovation that Ireland have, I wish we had. And we've got the players. Okay, well, that was going to be that. my next question is do we actually have the players or is it just simply a coaching thing? Do you think Razor will bring that? Yes. 
I think Ray's is more innovative. I think he's uh, less aver- less risk averse. Let's give it a go. I could just hear it. Let's give it a crack, guys. Hey, look, if it doesn't work, let's give it a let's give it a go. Mm. He, he's he's a visionary, and he hasn't been in that environment. And I I sympathise is the wrong word. Empathise. Ian Foster has been in there so long. It must be very hard for him to go away from type. Was he there in 2011? Yes. With Ted? Uh, was he part of it with Ted? He's eight year, He's 12 years in it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, this is his fourth World Cup. It's a bit like you s- today, Sam, telling me, Steph, I've got an idea. From today on, you swap hands with your knife and fork. I ju- it just wouldn't be, I just couldn't do it. Mm. And telling Fozzie to be to get more expression. Like, I've no doubt, and I've heard the players talk about Ian Foster, that he's a good man and he's a good coach and he's our guy. And they, they came out unified, unified, when New Zealand rugby were going to tip him out and they said, he's our coach. So he obviously resonates with the players. But uh, this Italy game has got to answer so many questions for me and for everybody else that, not that we've been holding something back, that but we've still got the ticker in us and the will and the inventiveness to show us something that I haven't seen for two years. This is well, the chance. Well, yeah, Italy, and that's going to be interesting because if we pump them, it's always hard with the All Blacks because, yeah, if we pump them as they're an asterisk next to it because it's like, oh, okay, well, it's Italy, it's not South Africa, it's not France, it's not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, even though I do take your point, but, yeah, is it? I know we don't have a lot of time here, but I feel like it's that Warriors scenario where whilst you're sort of hopeful that something will happen, you're looking at the teams above them going, but we know we're near that level with Mate, Br- Brisbane, uh, Brisbane and Penrith. Great point. Great comparison. Brisbane and Penrith are South Africa and Ireland for me. And the Storm are, are um, France. And then there's us. That's how I feel. Great analogy. We'll have a break. Helping you tune out your annoying workmate. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. I've had someone ask me why the TAB have half points in the point starts. It's an easy thing to understand, but it's a hard thing to explain. I'll try. If, for example, Ireland are minus five and a half and New Zealand are plus five and a half, and the score's 25-20 to Ireland, so New Zealand are plus five and a half, so you add five and a half to them, it's now 25 and a half to 25. So the people that took New Zealand plus five and a half win, the people that took Ireland minus five and a half lose. And the reason they do the half is so you can get a winner, because if it was plus five and minus five, it's even you'd end up 2020. So that's why the half, so you can get a winner. Do you understand that? So the plus five, you add the plus to the final score, and if your team is higher than the other one, you're on a winner. You're on a winner. And they're always the underdog, the plus as well. Going to talk some NRL after the news.